All right, we are back. The squad is back. Happy to be back. Looking, been looking forward to this for quite a while. Took a little bit of a break. Some new faces on board here. Um, so first off, everybody, welcome back to the Trident Group kind of cybersecurity squad. Happy to get the show going again. Um, Want to introduce a new face, a new kind of caricature you're going to see on the logos here to the group. Mr. John Carruthers joining us here. He's recently new to Trident Group, but definitely not new to the industry and his experience is uh, pretty awesome. Just got done doing a really cool interview that we released with him on a kind of a multi-part series we're doing. So John, welcome to the show, sir. How are you? I'm great, Derek. Thank you. It's a nice welcome. Awesome. Yeah. Love to hear it. Love to hear it. Hey, Sammy. Um, Sammy, welcome to you. Good morning, guys. Good, Good to see morning. you. Yeah. Yeah. Likewise. And it's, it's nice to have you on board, John. Um, welcome I appreciate to the security that. squad. So guys, it's October. Do you know what that means? I do. Besides, oh, besides pumpkin spice coming and ghosts and Halloween, yeah. we have uh, our PSL. favorite time of year. Yes. PSLs and <laughs> a different type of term. Yeah. That's yeah. right. Everyone's favorite time of year where the users get bombarded with thousands of training emails out there. Yes. That's right. So, so John, why don't you kind of walk us through a little bit more about Awareness yeah. Month, what we're doing, and why we're here? 100%. Thanks, Derek. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think the fact that we have, like, to, to all of our points, it is CSAM, Cybersecurity Awareness Month. Um, the fact that we have a month dedicated to this is a, is a great thing, especially for those of us that, that, that practice the craft of security. Uh, it's great, but it's also somewhat interesting. I think it's great because the people piece of that people process and technology is, is getting the attention that it deserves. Fantastic. But it's interesting. Um, you know, when I was in the FBI, I would get asked um, every September, I would start getting calls from industry. Hey, can you come talk to our company next month? Sure. You know, for Cybersecurity Awareness Month. And I would do it and I was uh, always happy to do it, but I, I would always leave with this can't be the only month. <laughs> yeah. Right. Uh, this is a year, it needs to be Cybersecurity Awareness Year. So maybe we can, uh, as, as Trident Group, we can try I to like this. That. Yeah, we'll implement that change. Um, but yeah, so, but again, so back to Trident Group, uh, you know, being we're, we're so hyper-focused. Uh, one thing I love about us is that we, uh, we, we really are uh, here to help uh, industry, right, uh, in, in the space of cybersecurity, because that's what we do. And um, yeah, so... Uh, the, the, the fact that, that that's what we do, and this is the month that it is, this is a great podcast to uh, to, to welcome the squad back and uh, happy yeah. to be a part of that. Um, so what we do uh, is align uh, for those that are, I, I know that we're all familiar with it, but cybersecurity and infrastructure security uh, agency. What What is that? CISA? CISA. Well, right. Yes, awesome. our favorite Perfect. CISA. Yes. Awesome government bingo. agency. Yes, they are charged with uh, with helping industry protect itself from the never-ending supply of bad guys on the cyber uh, uh, from the cyber side, and so they, what they, they do, do good work the, out there. Yeah, yeah, they do. They they do a lot of really good awareness work, and and so this is their month, right? Uh, and they, yeah. they every year they come out with a theme, and this year's theme uh, for Cybersecurity Awareness Month in CISA is "See Yourself in Cyber," which is great. We all yeah, I love do that. that one. And 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 Trident Group has taken that theme and added a little extra flavor and that is secure me now. Right. We think back that's to right. the T-Mobile guy, you know, can you hear me now? Can yes. Me? Secure me now. So that's us. Uh, and I think the first topic guys is going to be multi-factor. 
authentication, right? That's right. That's right. Be, uh, Absolutely. This podcast topic. So let's get yeah, on it. Something, something near and dear. Um, yeah. I know, Sammy, you want to kind of walk us through, you know, MFA, what is it, you know, what are your kind of thoughts on it and uh, we'll kick it off. Absolutely. And yeah, just to piggyback on what John was saying, what a critical month it is because technology as we know, it's changed so much over the past however many years, but the one attack vector that seems to persist is the human element, right? We're seeing that in attacks in 2022 on large, you know, Fortune 50 organizations still to this day. So it's incredible that uh, even after all this time, it's it's how, how relevant and important it is to ensure we remain on top of our awareness. So um Definitely, you know, thank you for that intro there, John. And yeah, piggybacking into or moving on into MFA, um, one of our favorite topics here at Trident Group as we continue to help roll this out to all of our clients and uh, you know, even even uh, new employees like that join the fray. So, um, but you know, in the world of credential stuffing these days, which you've probably heard once or twice in the news at this point, um, MFA is kind of our our great defense against the dark arts, if you will. And while not perfect, and we could talk about what some of those flaws are, um, you know, MFA is an authentication method that requires the user to provide two or more factors of verification. Uh, so that way they could gain access to different services, applications, uh, online accounts, VPNs, so these things. And of course, the big element here, right? That second, that, uh, that, that second uh, letter there, the F, right? The factor. Um, you know, it's, it's really composed of providing a second factor, whether that be uh, a knowledge of something, a possession of something, uh, or something that you are. Um, and so when combined with the uh, legacy method of authentication, which is passwords, uh, this can really provide some, uh, some defense against, you know, brute forcing, credential stuffing, um, unauthorized access to different accounts. What's that saying? It's something you have, something you know, something you are, right? So it exactly. could be like also like a thumbprint or a retina scan and more advanced scenarios you might get into and things like that. So it's something other than a knowledge of a potential easy to guess password or breakable password and things like that. So, And I think our colleague, Robert, right, uses one of the better analogies that I've heard because it's so simple when we, we talk about ATM cards, right? So we right. Got the, we got the ATM card and we got the pin code. If you don't have both, you're not getting your money. Yep. Yeah. Something so, you have and something you know. Exactly. So two-factor authentication. Right. Right. So, yeah. So that's a good one right there. Yeah. And and they definitely go hand in hand, right? You know, you yeah. want to have um, the password plus the MFA. You know, not just one or the other. And you kind of have to have both living together. Um, let me ask you this: Like, you guys think two is enough, or does it get into like tri FA or three FA things like that? Like dual person author authorization, I mean, I, right? I mean, two is better than none. Yeah. Okay. Right. And so, um, is it enough? I don't know. I mean, it might not be for some environments, but it, it's better than it's better than nothing. You know, yeah. kind of as, as I've joined Trident, one of my charters is to kind of build out virtual CISO, right? And so we're doing a lot of executive advisory work, and to really kind of put security in layman's terms for, for executives. And um, one thing that I always say, you cannot be the path of least resistance for the bad guy. Right. You just can't. And, and we walk into environments, uh, unfortunately, uh, more, uh, more than we would like to, like to see where there is no multi-factor. 
Yeah. And, and that's unacceptable, right? I mean, because that needs to be the very first um, security control to be implemented. If you're dealing with a with a with a green space on a, uh, on the security side, I, I would say that. I mean, and we're going to hit a lot of the controls this month you know, for, yeah. for 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 the month, but. Uh, the very first thing has to be MFA. Yeah, I think too, like when you go in and you kind of start talking to like your cyber insurance, that's one of the first things they're going to ask you. Like, yeah. do you have it? If not, why not? And usually it's like, okay, well, you have 50 days to put it in or we're going to cancel your, your policy. Yeah, or <laughs> and if you don't have it, you're not getting insured. Not exactly, I, I, yeah. I it's, yeah. It's gotten to that point, right? So Yeah, we've, we've, we've seen that with our customer base mm -hmm. and those that have been lacking. It's... Now they're getting actually their ransomware and other other insurances denied and just not renewed because they've been behind the times a little bit on, yeah. you know, yeah. content and things like that. So it's definitely irrelevant. Yeah, I think from my perspective too, you know, MFA is, you know, more mainstream maybe is the word I would use because now it's like, oh, like most banks use it when you ask, when you enroll, they say, hey, give me at least your phone number for a text message and, you know, <clears throat> social media, you know, content providers are kind of doing this stuff out there. So it's becoming less about the corporate side and more just general cybersecurity, which is great. I mean, it should yeah. be everywhere in my opinion. So it, it, yeah. it, that's interesting too, because uh, there's in some environments, it's a mandate, right? Like in banking. Yep. But in others, it's an option like Gmail. Yep. And um, I think it's recommended, we're, but not required. It's recommended right? Exactly. And I think we're seeing that shift where I, I think the the option or the recommendation is going to be less less that and more and more mandated kind of as we move forward. So I think we're we're getting close yep. to that tipping point. Yeah, kind of moving away from supporting and moving towards enforcing, yep. right? And I think that's one thing that uh, organizations get confused is just because you support MFA technology doesn't mean it's being implemented properly. And yeah. to circle back to what Derek said earlier about is it better to have more factors? Honestly, I think the quality of the second factor is probably more important than saying having a third there you go. factor, right? Yeah. Because so, that's a good point. Because like you can have fifty questions about somebody, or like one really good other factor. Like, what are you going to choose? Like, well, I'm going to pick the really good factor because I can probably, you know, like if I know someone for twenty plus years, I can probably guess all their questions they might use because I know their dogs and where they lived and that kind of thing. And I kind of joke with this, you know, like my one of my, my long-term childhood friends I've known for, I mean, forever. And we kind of joke saying we can probably answer each other's questions about each other because we know everything yeah. about each other kind of a thing. So to your point, yeah. so to your point, having that really good factor is more important sometimes. So good stuff. Yeah. Well, to that I, point, I'll go for I'm it, sorry. Man. I'm sorry, Sammy. Yeah. I was going to ask both of you um, to that point, as far as the quality of that, of that second factor, what do you think about SMS? Cause that's been, kind of hitting the news lately right um yeah you know it's yeah. Kind of I'll, I'll let sammy offer his guidance first yeah, and let, I'll me hear, give you let me hear sammy sense. yeah it's funny because in my notes here i, I literally it's uh, as to why you shouldn't use sms sms mfa is like one of the yeah. top points here right um yeah and I, I just you know there there are a lot of ways it can be abused um and you know when we go back to our point about quality there are just there are just some clearly other more reliable factors that we can use and today right with things like poured out scams or SIM swapping, um, you can easily, attackers can easily gain access to MFA messages and use them to authenticate to target applications or services. If you get your phone stolen and, and they're able to use the SIM on another device or, 
are able to call up T-Mobile impersonating your uh, impersonating you and then able to port your phone out to another carrier. These types of things happen. And then as a result, now they have access to those SMS messages, which are um, allowing them authentication to, to various environments. So I think uh, actually I, I read a, a statistic that the FBI received 1,611 SIM swapping complaints in 2021 compared to oh. about 320 total from 2018 to 2020. Yep. So yep. it is 100% on the right. Yeah, I mean, I don't know what the percent there is, but it's quite a lot. Um, and, so, and, yeah. And it's crazy. It, it's, it's crazy that that it's a real thing too, because it's, you, you kind of touched on it, Sammy, you know, with the uh, with the T-Mobile example. I mean, it's it's a social engineering yep. um, act, right? It's It's somebody at the phone company getting socially engineered into swapping your information to another phone. And so here we are. Right? I well, mean, then, then you have the other side of it too, where you have people, criminal organizations going to T-Mobile employees and saying, Hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks a swap. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, exactly. Okay. Exactly. Like we've seen that issue too. So that's a whole other level of yep. like, and I, and I think we talked about fishing. that, right. And there's some yeah. parts of the world where a hundred dollars is, you're not going to, you're not going to be able to fight against that. So. Yeah, no. and we talked a lot about this stuff on like the whole like fake warrant search or the yeah. um, the at risk people and yeah. things like that. So so to answer your question, you know, SMS is like, is it better than nothing? Yes, is it the best? That's Far not. from it, yep. right? Yeah. So right. Yep. perfectly yeah. Cer yeah. certainly better than using a reused password that's available on the internet and having no MFA, right? But I think to you guys' point, we may even start to see insurers require different or certain types of second factors for different industries, depending on the criticality or the risk of the industry. I, um, you know, one thing I think we're going to probably see a lot more of is, is the use of the FIDO protocol or uh, PKI, PKI based MFA. Um, and then which, you know, we're, we're really relying more on biometrics and, um, you know, hardware encryption to really provide us with the second factor that way, even if somebody is able to gain access to, uh, yeah. You, you know, the SMS based authentication, how, how easy will it be for them to gain access to your biometrics? Right. Um, and now there is still something to be said, you know, I'm, I say this all with a grain of salt because I'm thinking about Uber right now um, and how even with a more uh, or with a stronger or more solid second factor through things like MFA fatigue or exhaustion attacks, even still these, yeah. these systems are not 100% perfect, right? right? Um, and so in the case of Uber, we saw that, uh, that using credential stuffing, they were able to gain access to the uh, initial user's credentials. And from there, they just kept put, hitting them with push messages, push notifications yep. uh, until eventually they reached out on WhatsApp and let them know, hey, we're from IT, again, social engineering. Yep. Uh, and eventually they, they just accepted. Um, so even in a case where it's asking you to provide biometrics, if it's being kind of coerced, uh, you know, through repeated attempts, um, it, there, there's still a potential vector there. So um, it's it's cr incredible to think that as important as these systems are, they're not 100% perfect. Um, yeah. But well, that kind certainly... of goes back. Yeah, that, that goes back, Sammy, when I said that, you know, it, it, it needs to be the first security control implemented, but it can't be the only. Absolutely. Right. Totally I mean, agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and that kind of speaks to that whole defense in depth um, methodology that will I'm sure, no doubt, have already gotten into and we'll get into again in the future. But yeah. Hey, Sammy, I was going to ask you a question um, around, you know, one of the things about Trident Group is the talent, you know, assembled here. And so 
Sammy, you're, I mean, an off the charts pen tester, right? You've, oh. your, your hats wow. go from, from gray to gray. Um, <laughs> and it's, uh, it's impressive. So what do you, how do you get excited when you go into a, a customer or a client environment uh, to do a pen test and you see no MFA or do you get sad? I guess it depends which, <laughs> I guess it depends which hat I'm wearing and who I'm talking to. Right. Cause um, yeah. you know, if I'm, if I'm talking to, to the, to the chums, right. If I'm talking to the, the, the comrades and we're talking about our great hacking stories, it's um, yeah. I mean, it's, it's always, the path of least resistance is what the packer is always going to take, right? Low hanging fruit. That's the yeah. whole, really the whole purpose of running repeat pen test engagements is to really identify in the limited, to, limited amount of time that we have, what are the lowest hanging fruit and let's go after those. So certainly from that perspective, it's nice to see, but the same note, um, when I do see it enabled, it's uh, yeah, it, it could certainly stop me. And so from a, a business risk and a strategic perspective, I'm, I'm very happy to see that organizations are implementing this properly uh, and are making my life harder, uh, at least when it comes to uh, compromising systems through credentials or through gathered credentials. Um, and, you know, I actually do tend to see every day that more and more systems do actually have MFA. I mean, it wasn't very long ago that most 0365 instances didn't have any MFA on them. La odds are, if you got access to email credentials, you could just log right in. Um, nowadays, we're starting to see uh, location-oriented whitelisting and, and blacklisting alongside the MFA. So even if you've compromised MFA, you now have the uh, the location issue to, to kind of deal right. with. So. Um, yeah, no. To your point, if I'm wearing my if I'm wearing my you know proverbial black hat, then I'm a little sad. But if uh, yeah. if you know this is a business engagement, I'm, I'm yeah. certainly giving yeah. them their commendation where it's due. I love that. Yeah, I love that one. And that's a good point, Sammy. So, you know, now we're getting into like more call it behavioral, contextual awareness with MFA. Oh yeah. Not just like challenging with a token, but hey, Derek logged in from California, and then 30 seconds later, he's trying to log in from New York, like. The math does a math there, right? So there's some impossible travel and scenarios that look different. Like, oh, like his browsing behavior is different. Like it's a different type of device. Like maybe I'm a Mac user and all of a sudden it's an Android logging in or a Linux box or things like that. So it's kind of like enhancing. It's almost like an MFA plus, you know, there's probably no, no term yet. We can maybe coin that one or like a small E MFA, enhanced MFA. I know we'll, we'll come, up, come up with some cool branding there. Uh, but yeah. yeah, you know, these are kind of things we're getting into. And to your point, it's not just like one, it's like one plus some intelligence behind it. So it's good. Well, stuff yeah, I, I just, I just think that MFA and IAM identity and access management will one day be inextric inextricably linked. And, you know, yeah. I, I think we're already kind of starting to see that even if you have these systems in place, like I go back to the Uber example, because they didn't have any kind of granular, uh, access management policies, that person was pretty much able to get the entire keys to the kingdom. So it's, I, I, I do feel that these SSO providers and MFA are, I mean, it, we're already kind of starting to see this happen, but will one day kind of be synonymous. Um, you can't, you won't be able to have one without the other, at least when you're talking about best practices. Um, so, you know, when we talk about defense in depth, yeah, to your point, I, I think it's, it's definitely going to be something that uh, these systems and, and, and these platforms will kind of integrate as one system. Uh, so where you're kind of administering the, uh, uh, you know, 
where people have permissions to go, as well as the different factors that they are allowed to be, uh, they're allowed to have in use. So uh, yeah, very, very great point there. And um, I think we're going to see a lot more of that. So there's one thing I want to add, you know, I think like the last few, let's say mainstream breaches we've seen in the news, you know, we don't go into detail on all those, but it wasn't necessarily a, a problem with the MFA protocol or the, or the implementation or MFA itself. It was a, you know, issue with, you know, abusing and basically spamming everybody to just click the button and get annoyed and say, yeah, I'm done with this. So again, it comes back to that user behavior acceptance and what they're doing and, you know, things like that. And like, one thing I always kind of like, remember, and this is something I think Sam, you know, I talk about a lot is, you know, from a, a threat actor perspective, there's no such concept of like, well, it wasn't in scope. Everything's fair mm -hmm. game, right? So keep mm -hmm. that in mind. They're going to use every little weird trick. If you think it doesn't make sense, they're going to abuse it, right? So you're doing your training, doing your annual pen testing, or hopefully more than annual, you're doing it monthly, quarterly. Um, you know, you keep these things in mind and start thinking outside the box and testing your users for these different types of new behaviors and tactics out there. So good stuff. Absolutely. Awesome. Yeah, MFA fatigue is what I've learned is the is the phrase that we're pointing yeah. for this type of attack or MFA exhaustion attack. So yeah, no it's, actually kind of, it's a real team. thing. Yeah, I like team. this, John. Yeah. So we yeah we e, uh, e. yeah e MFA e. <laughs> Enhanced MFA exhaustion. There we go. So I like this. We've, we've coined that. We've also come up with cybersecurity awareness year. So I love we, it. We, we, we've solved a I lot like of that. Problems. We have our work cut out for us. Ten minutes. Yeah, we do. Yeah. <laughs> awesome, guys. Um, anything else you kind of want to close out with for MFA? Um, you know, for our viewers out there, any kind of tips they can take home today, or you know, for their options for their business out there? Enable it. Do it. Absolutely. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. Simple as that. That's like the best thing I can say too. Yeah. So I Two agree words. with that. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, gentlemen. We'll uh, we'll kind of pause here for a little bit, and then we'll we've got some more content coming your way here soon. And uh, we'll talk to you guys very soon. Uh, take care out there, everybody. Thank you. Awesome. Thank See you, you all. Time, guys. Have a good one.